Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program. <laughs> Why do we own this DVD? Your true host, Sean Takaki, and his wife, Diane. Diane and Sean. Yeah. Why do we own this DVD? Yeah. Why do we own the DVD? Represent Sean Takaki and his wife Diane. Yeah. Just wanna say, why do we own this DVD? Why? Oh. I can hear oh. myself again. Yeah, I can hear you too. Um, What'd you do? I don't even know. I turned some shit up. I Turn it sound, up. I still sound weird in my head. Well, that's just normal. But. That's just normal. I don't know what this do. Mm-hmm. What happens if I press it? Does it fuck everything? Oh, weird. Okay. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. Am I? I don't know what you just did, so. Exterior in volume. Mm-hmm. I mean, exterior. External. Okay. Does that fuck up the recording, I wonder? I wouldn't try anything new. Or is it just my... Um. Yeah, we'll leave that alone. Okay. I can't hear a hiss, but I think it's just in my... Oh, I don't. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should turn it down a little bit. I don't know. That's better. Okay. Okay, now we can start. <laughs> Get off your phone. <laughs> On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. I don't know how that song goes, but I've been kind of singing it, even though I've I've forgotten what it sounds like, but I've still been like singing it. Yeah. Because it's not catchy. But it is. But it isn't. But I've only heard it once. And so if it's catchy, it should be stuck in your head. Maybe. I mean... On the Atchison, Topeka. Like, that was the one the clip I saw prior thing. to watching the movie, and I didn't like what I saw. Which is weird. I, Why you didn't you like it? Because, you know what? I realized I don't think I like Judy Garland's voice. Interesting. That's the hottest of hot takes. I love Ju- I love Judy Garland. Um, And, I mean... I, I know I do recognize that she's an amazing singer and stuff. I just her voice isn't doesn't do it for me. It it's a I don't know. I mean like it's definitely like a recognizable voice. I don't find her voice soothing. <laughs> it doesn't calm me, I realize. Okay. Cuz it, it is so low. Are you threatened? No, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. What is this? What are we doing? What are we? Why are we talking? Uh, yeah. It's Friday. You know what that means? It means we are recording. That means I'm drinking tea. (laughs) So am I. Uh, This is a podcast 
God, why do we own this DVD? Why do we own this DVD? I fuck if I know. Uh, I didn't know we owned <laughs> this DVD. <laughs> Um, this is a podcast where we talk about our DVD collection. We're married. I'm Diane. That's Sean. We've mm-hmm. amassed a collection over the past 20 years. And tonight we're talking about one that it's one of the odd ones that neither of us had seen, even though we've owned it for since 1946. <laughs> this is one that, um, I got as a present in college from my roommate Elizabeth. Wait, you got this in college? I'm pretty sure. Like it, you, you weren't given it. You weren't. You didn't receive it because like, I moved. I mean, no, but, I know it wasn't uh, like a gift that you got like five years ago. No, I've had. I this thought it was something that. No, that I've she had gave this, you like like last no. year. Oh, you would love this. Here, I found. I've it. had this for a long time. Oh, maybe it was. I mean. I thought this was like, Over, I found this at a library sale or something and I thought of you. You would love this. No, I mean. So you've had this this whole time. I've never seen it. I've never seen the anything of it. The box, it was, the disc, any of it. It was in one of those cardboard boxes with the little clip on the side. The little plastic snap. Mm-hmm. That DVD, that was that kind of case. No, okay. No, I, I mean, mean. I get it. I mean, I've, I've never seen the disc nor its packaging since the time we've well, been together. You don't look in our like, DVD was folder. Was it in like a shoebox or no, something? it's in our DVD folder. And you've never watched it in like I, 20 years. If she gave it to me 20 years ago, I have never, no, I've never watched it. Okay. I just, maybe I forgot about it or I'm like, eh, I'll get to it one of these days. Maybe I got it um, more recently than I realized. Because I would have watched it when I used to watch our movies alphabetically. Unless this movie was just in a shoebox somewhere <laughs> with all your other small personal things. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that neither of us had seen this movie until last night. And never will again. And what are we talking about? I haven't even said the title. I, I'm sorry. I'm, what, you said never again? I haven't. I, okay. If I never well, see this movie again, it's... It'll be fine. And then last night, I was like, I could watch this every week. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy the movie. I enjoyed it just fine. Okay. So we are talking about... But I don't need to see it ever again. (laughs) From 1946, the hit musical, The Harvey Girls. On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. There's people listening probably right now. Of course. Who probably know this movie very well. And they're like, wow, this girl doesn't... She has no idea what that song is. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't remember. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to do a lot of singing in this episode because I only heard the songs for the first time last night. And I don't remember them. Something about a waltz. And there's like the horseshoe song. And the piano song. There's a weird rap. There's like a weird, <laughs> and there's like a little hoedown I song. I loved the song, like where she's teaching them how to waitress. How to set tables and shit. That song slaps. Serve to the right. <laughs> that song serves. What is? What? I don't remember <laughs> it, but I enjoyed it 
so much. Okay. Clear from the <clears throat> right, serve to the left. Okay. So in. this movie opened January <sighs> January eighteenth, nineteen forty six. It was directed by George Sidney and Robert Alton. Robert Alton is credited with like directing the musical numbers. Uh, George Sidney is like the main guy. Uh, and uh, yeah, it stars the big star Judy Garland. It's her first big musical after Meet Me in St. Louis from 1944, which we covered on this podcast. You can go back a couple years. I think I was... only vaguely remember watching that. That's I could watch this one. This fight because that's like one of my favorite movies. I know, but I can't watch it every week because it. Um. Well, it's much longer than this, I think. And it's more emotional. It's more emotional. Like, there's parts where I cry. This, I wouldn't cry. As t- I would laugh. I laughed so much during this movie. Well, I laughed too, but I think for the wrong reasons. Well, but still, you're laughing. It's more enjoyable. And I, I mean, which is, which is why I say I enjoyed it just fine. <laughs> I don't need to watch it again. <sighs> okay, so this movie, what's it about? The weirdest fucking subject you can make a musical about. Waitresses. Okay, so in the 1890s, a group of Harvey girls, um, who are their uh, wait, their new waitresses for Fred Harvey's chain of Harvey House restaurants, which were restaurants that were along the um, train trail, the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe, and they needed a place to eat. That was like wholesome and good and not a brothel. I mean, it was basically like, let's put a, a Denny's along Route 66. Every, yeah. every you know, few hundred miles. Um, and if you want to, I mean, this was a real life thing. There really were Harvey houses and... There Har- still are. There's one in Madison. Yeah, which isn't on this trail. And there's one somewhere. There's a couple in, Grand, in Grand, Canyon. Grand Canyon that okay. are now like, you know, hotels, but they were original Harvey houses along that same trail. The Harvey house seems like a room and board establishment. Because like, yeah, because at the end, you know, when that guy's banging his little gong, he's like, temporary. Uh, well, because the girls live there. Right. Um, what does he say? Fuck. Oh, I don't know. What guy? The the, uh, the, gong, the guy with the gong. Oh, the gong guy. Mm. Fuck, what does he yeah, say I now? I don't remember. So yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, single women, this was like their ticket out of, you know, boring home. They, like, I'm going to become a, I'm going to work at a Harvey house, be a waitress. And this was, you know, they had to be single and at least an eighth grade education. And this was like. So it's Coyote sweet- Ugly. It was like a sweet gig for a lot of women. They, you know, you had to look available but not be available. But which a lot was, of women which met. Was the rule you know, of Coyote Ugly. You signed a six month contract, and after six months, you could either continue on or you can, you know, if let's say a woman met a man or whatever, she could, you know, after six months, she's like, "Well, I'm getting married, and we're going to settle down here." And but you did you you had a a service contract for six months, basically. Yeah. Like you got to work here for six months. We'll provide room and board. Yeah. I mean, for the time when there was no other opportunities for women, really, in the late 1800s, these went up through the 1960s, which is pretty That's wild. That's cool, actually. Um, but it was, you know, a great opportunity for a lot of these women who 
like, well, I want to get out of would Ohio. Have been, would have been stuck and, on a farm or, you know. You know, like a lot of these women we meet on the train, like they talk about where they're coming from, like Ohio, that, Kansas. That whole, and, like, montage. <laughs> in the song where they're singing where they're yeah. from. Paris. I was raised in Paris. I was married in Paris. I was divorced in Paris. I almost was buried in Paris. What the fuck? That's a rap. Okay. So when the movie starts, we meet these new Harvey girls are on the train going towards Sa- the new western town of Sandrock, Arizona, which is not a real town. Sandrock. No, I know. Um, they're on the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway. Mm-hmm. And um, on the train, they meet Susan Bradley, played by Judy Garland, who is traveling to Sandrock to marry the man who's Letters she received when she answered a Lonely Hearts ad. So basically, she was on Tinder in the 1800s. And, and this, she swiped right. And she swiped right. Um, and she doesn't have any money or food, which is apparent because, you know, she's looking at everyone else's food on the train. She opens up her little basket and there's like a half a cookie and a mug. I don't even know if it's a cookie. I, I think don't know. It's, it's, it's some kind of digestive it's like biscuit. A, it's like a... Half a piece of a scone. <laughs> it's not even half a scone. It's, it's a and piece, and it's half of that piece. The girls on the train, they notice, like, ooh, she needs, she's hungry. And so um, they all have food, and so they offer her food. Did and... you figure out what the name of that fucking sandwich is? No, chicken. Coolie co- killy coffee. Co- what coolie. the fuck is that? She was I... eating bread. There was nothing in that sandwich. It was described as like a chicken sandwich or something. Yeah. There was... Jack shit in that bread. Judy was literally holding two pieces of white bread. It was bread and air. Yeah, because I'm sure Judy wasn't eating. <laughs> it was a bread and air sandwich. Um, So they, you know, introduce themselves and they're like, well, we're headed there too. And wow, I can't, you know, wow, his letters, they sound great. And you want to see my wedding dress, which wasn't super great. But it's okay because when she arrives in Sandrock and she meets the man, um, he turns out to be a, quote, old coot who does not at all meet her expectations. I mean, how many times does it happen to people on dating apps? Now, his whole thing, too, is that... He didn't write the letters. And he didn't want to get married. No. It was was a joke. He was embarrassed by his sort of... His social status. Yeah, we are talking about... And he's also super socially awkward. Ooh. Chill Wills. Oh, that is Chill Wills. H-H... Uh... At Heartsey. Yeah. Chill Wills was also in Meet Me in St. Louis. These are A lot of these are uh, contract MGM workers, so you'll see familiar faces. If you're familiar with MGM in the 1940s. Um, he was the ice man in Meet Me in St. Louis. Drove the ice cart. Um, and so... He's like, uh, it's cool if you want to say no. And she's like, oh, I would love to say no. Um, so they call a mutual, you know, reach a, an agreement to call it off. And she learns that someone else was writing the letters as a joke. The owner of the local saloon. Kind of a scoundrel. Called the Alhambra. Mm-hmm. His name is Ned Trent. And so she's like, I'm going to find this Ned Trent. And so uh, Ned is played by um, John Hodiak, who's an interesting uh, actor. We did a little research on him. He sadly died in 1955 of a heart attack at age 41. 
Just pretty at his parents' house in Tarzana. And he's unlikable in the first half of the movie. Yeah, we were like making fun and of him. It he really comes around. Yeah, it's like a, both as the actor and a, and as the character, but like like for a character, it's, it's fine. It's very one-dimensional in the beginning. But for the actor, I'm like he's not nice to look at really. Well, cuz he, he's he like, looks like a fake Howard Hughes like Joker, because his smile is kind of like creepy. Caesar like, Romero. Kind I have of. too many teeth in my in my mouth. But by the end, I'm like, I was rooting for the guy, and huh? I was a fan of the actor, and I was yeah. like, oh, I like this dude. Yeah. And then I found out he died when he was 41, and that yeah. really bummed me out. Yeah. God. Um. So Susan, you know, now that she's not getting married, she needs something to do, so she decides to join the Harvey Girls. And she soon becomes their leader in fighting against the attempts by Trent's business associate, Judge Sam Purvis. So there's like a competition between the saloon in town and the Harvey house. I mean, obviously. Ned Ned Trent is almost like, he's sort of like a, a, almost a a mafioso godfather type. He kind of runs Mm. this sort of disreputable business mm-hmm. and judge what's his name Purvis whatever he's sort of like the he's he's sort of like the 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 crime boss of the I don't know like he's the um, he's sort of the Don Corleone the Don the, and then the other guy is like the Michael yeah Ned sure. is like Michael Corleone kind of yeah I don't know it's a weird. They're comp. they're it's both weird... they're both not good guys, and they both have a stranglehold on the town. Yeah. So um, this saloon, the Alhambra, you know, it's the place where people go to gamble and to drink, and they watch dancing burlesque girls, including one Miss Dame Angela Lansbury. She plays M. Um, and she steals this movie. She really does. She. She never doesn't look like Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has the those odd, like downturned kind of sleepy eyes. They look very sleepy, and she always has her kind of round face. But God damn it, she's like you can't not look at her. No, if you remember anything from this movie, you remember Angela Lansbury. And for people of our generation, I think it's a very common thing where. Angela Lansbury's always been one of those people. She's always been old, right? She's always been old and she's always been quiet and matronly. Yeah, I mean. Because she's Mrs. Fucking Potts. In the 80s, you know, she was Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. Never knew her name. (laughs) Well, because I said, you know, we got to watch Jessica. And Sean's like, what? I'm like. Wasn't she also in that Murder, She Wrote show? Because when I was a kid, every Sunday night, we'd, we'd go to my grandparents' house, and after 60 minutes, it was time to watch Jessica. That's what they said. <laughs> we have to watch Jessica. Uh, and yeah, and then she was Mrs. Potts, and I mean, so everything that I feel like our generation has seen her in, she's been old. So when you go back, you know, and she's 96 years old. She's still around. She's the only one kicking from all this shit. Yeah. She yeah, was, yeah. you know, 19 in this movie. Which is crazy. Which is, whew. But you go back and you're like, oh, yeah, she was young, but yet she still seems 
so much older. And, you know, I also recommend watching the movie Gaslight, which is a phenomenal movie. She was nominated for an Oscar. She was 18 the year before this. And you're looking and you're like, holy shit, it's, it's fucking Angela Lansbury. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Um, but yeah, she's like the main dancer and the main performer. She sings. Angela Lansbury is not singing in the movie. They do have someone singing. Virginia Reese is the singing voice. It doesn't match Angela Lansbury. You can tell right away, that's not her singing. It's much lower. It's a real deep. Yeah. But that's deep register. Yeah. That was a choice they decided to make. Um, they dubbed a bunch of people I saw. Like, not a bunch, but I mean, a, f- a few. <laughs> okay, that's mm-hmm. less than a bunch. I don't think. I think it was. There was well, another there woman was, that was dubbed. Well, Sid Charisse, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yep. who is, if you've seen Amer- in American Paris, you know no. she was in that, right? No, no. that was Leslie Caron. I get it mixed up. Well, Sid Charisse. She's the one that I was like, there's something, like, if you told me that her mom was, like, Chinese or, so, like, you can see there's something mm-hmm, kind of, mm-hmm. not exotic, I don't want to use that word, but, I mean, she's beautiful. I fucking love Sid Charisse. But she was, she was dubbed as well. Um, Marion Dungas. I didn't say that name right. Uh, so, M... You know, uh, right away we can tell M and Susan do not get along. M is suspicious of Susan because and- M is in love with Trent, and she sees Susan and Trent talking, and she's like, "Whoa!" What? And and M is also the hottest woman in town, basically. Oh, she is. Yeah, she runs this. She town. she knows her place, and it's at the top. Yeah. And here comes tiny, Judy tiny fucking little- Garland, who's. Four foot eleven. Yeah. So, God. I don't know why I never knew Judy Garland was I that never short. Knew that. I knew she was. I thought I was like, oh, she's five feet, right? <laughs> like, can you imagine? We're sitting in here in our recording studio, and let's say Judy Garland and Carrie Fisher both both walk in. Okay, they're both four eleven. You know who's four eleven, right? That we know. My cousin Trish. Yeah. Now imagine Judy Garland and yeah. Carrie and Carrie and Princess Leia. Okay, <laughs> they're both four eleven. Like, They'd come in. I'm like, you look like children. They're so big to us do in you our get heads. Government assistance for your height. <laughs> like that's it's so bizarre because it, like they're so iconic and and big in our minds. You know, you see Judy Garland in Wizard of Oz. You're like, geez. And then if you were to see her in real life, like I would tower over her, and I'm five two. Okay, I wouldn't tower, but still. I'd be looking a little bit down. <laughs> and then there's Angela Lansbury, who is 5'8", who literally towers over Judy Garland in this movie. Like, I mean, she's like, easily a head taller than Oh, her. yeah. Yeah. I mean, 5'8", that's, you know, tall, no matter, you know, what decade you are in. <laughs> <laughs> or what movie you're in, that's tall. But yeah, uh, Emma and Susan don't really get along. Um, you know, Emma sees Susan immediately as a rival. She's already like, well, you're my rival. That's my goal in life now. Um, so Trent, he visits the, the, he goes to the Harvey house to see what, what's so special about it, right? Like the, 
is that while it says Trent visits to see the value of the Harvey House and other trappings of civilization, and he tells Purvis to leave them alone. It's like he... Well, he first tries to... Well, he steals all the stuff. He tries to pay off... Okay, you're way ahead. Well, I don't... This is a very short wiki article. I mean, so when Susan... or Yeah, Susan realizes she's not going to be marrying... Yeah, she gets H. the job. H.H. Hertz... Hertzy? 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 Hertzy. Hertzy. Chill Wills. Mm-hmm. And she realizes the whole joke and everything, and she goes and she confronts Ned, and he tries to pay her off. Mm. Take this money and go back to Ohio. And she yeah, gets, she's that's all, right. She, and she's a spitfire. She really, she's a, a literal spitfire. Yeah. She's like, basically, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm staying yeah. in town. And she goes to the Harvey house. Yeah. Do you need another Harvey girl? Yes. And um, the, the um, she's not the leader of the Harvey girls, but she's the one who's been there the longest. It's um, Sonora Cassidy, played by Marjorie Maine. You know, the... Yeah, the old woman. <laughs> yeah. With the big hat. The one who played... The one who cackles like the Wicked Witch. Uh, Katie in The Maid in Mimi and St. Louis. <laughs> no yeah. fucking clue. I know. I don't know why. Mimi and St. Louis, is that when that one girl was expecting a phone call? Yes. To get propositioned? Um... You want to answer your damn phone? I don't have it. I know, decline. It's my parents. Okay. Do you want to call them back to make just, sure? No, let's make be- sure we're on for tomorrow. Just go. Should we take a break? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two very boring minutes later. <laughs> Sorry. So I did some research while you were on the phone with oh. your mommy. With my parents? Yes. I found out what a it's a chili cough. Chili Coath sandwich. Mm-hmm. Is it just bread? I think it's a bullshit sandwich. Like in the movie. Chili Chili Coath, oh. Chili Coth, or whatever, is I think the town where Alma is from. Oh. She's from like Missouri or whatever. Ohio. I think. Because there's a Chili Coath. Or maybe it's. Chili Coth, whatever. That was Ohio, but maybe that was. Um. um, But I think what it is is it's a made up like food item. To help Judy Girl, to help Susan save face. Oh. Like, oh, well, it's just a bread sandwich. Oh, interesting. You know, to like offer this poor girl some food without making her feel like it's a handout. Here, try this exotic. Because even Judy Garland's like, or even Susan's like, I've always wanted to try a chili. It'd be like me going, oh, try this flag him off sandwich. Yeah. And you're like, I've always, and you hungry you who just gave your last piece of scone to that little girl. I've always wanted a chili cloth sandwich, even though I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I think that's what oh, that that's was. Oh, that's neat. I like it better. Because <laughs> she's like, mm, tastes just like chicken. Oh, that bread and air sandwich you're eating. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Even the bread looked fucking like styrofoam. <laughs> I mean, it, it looked like, did that come out of a box? Was that holding something else in? Because Yeah, it, I mean, it's just like. It looks like packing One, material. Wonder Bread. But anyway, <laughs> is that a piece of a mattress? <laughs> Gross. Uh, okay, where were we? Oh, yeah, so she meets... Oh, yeah, she becomes a Harvey girl, and um, Miss Cassidy teaches... She has a wonderful, like, rap song 
about how to waitress. It's fucking amazing. This whole scene, their costumes with the Harvey girl dresses, like, it's great. And the camera angles, like, whoever shot this movie, I don't remember, but very modern in, like, the the style. It's like Kenny Ortega style it, <laughs> musical. I number. don't know if I would say modern. <laughs> it looked very 60s. Mm. 20 years ahead of its time. Like, it looked very, like, like variety show, oh. like, quick push-ins on people's face. Yes. I mean, in this number only. Lots of faces in this show. <laughs> yeah, but only in this number, which is... Lots of, like, look directly at the fucking camera and make a face. Yeah, unlike um, the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe song, which... That is sung like like, when the train first arrives in Sandrock. Like, I'm glad I arrived or whatever. And we get a like a, um, I mean, this song, it's. It looked like something out of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Because all the men are in like bright pink, red, and green shirts. The cut, they're very. Blue, red, mean, and yellow. This was, filmed, this was filmed in Technicolor and they're really taking advantage of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the people getting off the train are singing about where they're from. And how glad they are to be in a new town. And they do um, the Alabama shake or whatever the fuck that dance is. What is that? I don't know. You know, the, then, that, the choo-choo dance. And we see like the town folk watching all these fancy, like mostly Midwestern. There was a couple of New England girls. But there was, was a lot of people. From Louisiana. Yeah, one from Rhode Island. But then we had like Kansas, Missouri, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah the fancy girl from Newport or whatever. Yeah. Rhode Island. I don't know. She didn't sound like that. And all the town folk. And we have... Mostly like Western looking folk and some Native Americans. Some white people in red face. <laughs> well, I think there, no. There was a couple. There like, were some like There legit... were a couple dime store Indians standing outside of the saloon. Yeah. I mean, that and, wouldn't and, happen and today. snarling at the blacksmith. <laughs> <laughs> in, in very how kind of face. Yeah. I mean, some were like wearing like tomahawk or not. I mean, it's pretty outlandish costuming. They were wearing like red felt shirts, like beaded, lots of beads, headbands, yeah. and I mean, I don't know. Very it seemed very costumey. Very what makes the red man red? Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but then Judy gets gets off the train, and it's her part of the song. It's pretty fantastic because again, it's one a take, long, and it's a long song. It's a six minute long song. Because you get all the people singing. And her part, um, you I mean, there's no cuts. She's singing this. I mean, they shot an entire can of film on in that one shot. It's... Yeah. You know, they ran a thousand feet of film. And she had never rehearsed it. She watched, like, what, the stand-in do the it? The stand-in do it. She's like, mm, okay, I can do that. But and I'm guessing the stand-in was just there for, like, camera movements and stuff. Could be. But you know that stand-in probably and, fucking rehearsed And that. choreography and all that, you know. Probably took the stand in like six months to learn. And Judy's like, mm, Well, and the thing I is, I this. mean, all the background people had to be on point. That we, <laughs> the weird conductor who 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 sort of segues into the, the one cut when he walks into the frame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they don't cut. They like, keep on going. leaving. Or whatever he walks. <laughs> ah, the boy. <laughs> Fucking weird. Um, I think it's a fun musical number. And just a quick fun fact about that song is... 
they released that song before the movie even came out because they're like, this is a this is gonna be a fucking billboard hit. I don't, I don't think it was billboard. Never heard it in my life. And you know what? The song was a fucking hit. Which is crazy because I've never heard it in my life. And also in that that scene, Ray Bolger got fucking burned by steam from the train. Oh, he did. Yeah, what is his character? So Ray Bolger's in this movie. Um, you might know him as the Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. He plays a character named Chris Mall. Mall. Like, what is his? He's the black. He's the new blacksmith. Okay, the which makes remember that he's song... a, who's afraid of horses. Yeah, he's he's like afraid of everything. He's got some anxiety issues. He he is um, the the human version of the cartoon version of Ichabod Crane. He really is. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's fucking great in this movie, though, because he, he is my favorite character. Sean in this was movie. so impressed. He's got was, a couple it, dance numbers, like tap I was dance. Shipping myself with a Ray Bolger, <laughs> but no, we ship him with um, Miss Cassidy because they with Alma. No, oh Miss Cass. Oh, when he's dancing the walls with her. Yeah, old lady. Oh, she's not old. She's probably forty in this movie. And you know what? That fucking scene was fantastic. The waltz, the with, whole scene, all of it, but. Especially but him his, and her. Yeah. Yeah. When they're like trying to decide who's going to lead. That kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, because she's the type of personality where she's like, oh, I'll fucking lead. Whatever. Get off my ass. Who was the coach from Madeline? That weird, that giant Bulgarian lady or whatever. Madeline? Was it Madeline? What's Madeline? No, not Madeline. Like, not those French girls. No, um, you know. Matilda? Matilda. Mrs. Trunchbull? Yeah, Trunchbull. She looks like her, actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> she looks like her, but in a in a dress that Mary Poppins' grandma would have worn. <laughs> Mary Poppins' grandma. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, Susan, she becomes uh, close friends, I guess. Closest with um, Deb. Right? That's the she goes by Deb. Deborah. There's she pals, around, she pals around with Deb and Alma a lot. Deb and Alma. Um Alma played by Virginia O'Brien, who was pretty popular at this time as well. I don't know who that is, but I love I her. hadn't either, but she was known for her deadpan singing, which you hundred percent see in her little horseshoe song. The fucking horseshoe song. Honestly, it might be my favorite song in this whole fucking movie. Um just because of her and yeah. how how she sang it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and just the set pieces and everything. Where yeah. She's... And everything she's doing. Oh my God. She's literally like a fucking blacksmith. Because poor Chris Mall or Molly or whatever is Ray Bolger. Yeah. He he's still He's still the scarecrow. Just yes. in, in old in old West now. Yeah. And um, dad played by Sid Cherise. <laughs> she's who. Like, and Alma is like a foot and a half taller than Ray Bolger. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's another tall one. She's got the, in like the two braids a lot. I right? loved her, I loved her look. Um, She, of course, she, she's not in the second half of the movie because she got pregnant. And I guess it would have been, wouldn't have been a problem, but I guess Judy Garland was a problem. She, she had missed a shitload of days and yeah. she was like late for. Yeah, and I didn't really want to go into that. So because... it, pushed, it pushed production back a little bit, which caused almost, or whatever her name is. She's in the family way. 
Yeah, yeah Virginia O'Brien. Because you can see when she's singing her horseshoe song, she puts on a leather A big apron, old blacksmith apron. And she's covering up something. Yeah. Because you can tell a little bit. Um, well, which, I mean, she's fucking amazing. She's man. great. And it's too bad she's not in the waltz scene. That would have been fun. I would have liked to see her in the waltz scene. Yeah. But we do get... A lovely Sid Cherise dance number in a very lovely dress. Yeah, that's her. Okay. Yeah. The piano song. Yeah. And Kenny okay. Baker's the pianist. Not R2-D2. Not R2-D2. But <laughs> if you look at the soundtrack that is like the one that's available on streaming services, uh-huh. which I brought up today, it says Harvey Girls in picture of Judy Garland, Kenny Baker, and Virginia O'Brien. Those are the three Oh, people. yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, it's, I've seen that. It's like turquoise color. I've seen that image. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... Kenny Baker got a picture and not John Hodiak? I don't know. I guess he was more uh, known for singing, I guess. Because Kenny Baker has a piano in the singing song. Maybe he was... Um, so is that his voice then? I guess so. I Yeah. Because the only people that had singing voices were Angela Lansbury and Sid Well, um, I'm guessing that Kenny Baker was someone back in the mid-40s, like a musician type. And so, which is why he got a picture on the soundtrack. See, now I got to Google his fucking ass. His fucking ass. But um, I like the song with, uh, uh, you know, Susan, Deb, and Alma about the great big world. It's a great big world, whatever they say. I oh, like when that they're th- on the roof or yeah. whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the wind grows cold and then we grow old or whatever. I that liked, song was fucking depressing. It was depressing, but I really liked it because I just thought the three of them were were great. And that's when I was talking about how, I mean, obviously said Cherise, Virginia O'Brien, they're, you know, gorgeous in their own right. Then you see Judy Garland with them and how how much she stands out, whoever she's with. Even like when she's with all the Harvey, girl, Harvey girls. Mm-hmm. She stands out so much She's, just because... Because she glows for some reason. And her face, you know, those eyes... Well, are, she, her face is always the whitest face. And her eyes are, like, further apart than normal. <laughs> I, that sounds and weird, but... She has the reddest lips, the whitest... She's Snow yeah. White. She's Snow White. She's Snow White, yeah. <laughs> so, Kenny Baker, real quick. Born in Monrovia, California. Nice. Died in 1985 in Solvang. I think Virginia O'Brien died in 01. Oh, wow. Deb. Nope. No. Alma. Alma. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God. Yeah, I guess Kenny Baker was a big fucking deal. Like musically. He was in Silver Skates and Hit, oh. hit Parade of 1941. Okay. Mr. Dodd Takes the Air. So he did both. He's um. And he he wasn't was, just like a... He was in the Mikado. Oh, <laughs> un- the Japanese? Un- unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Don't need to see that, probably. <laughs> but I mean... But I hey. Mean, hey, a job's a job, right? A job's a job! But yeah, he was, a, he was a Follies guy. Okay. Oh, he was a Day at the Races, I guess, uncredited. Okay, anyways. Yeah, he was a big song guy. Okay. Um... What happens? We get the scene with um, the stakes. Okay, so the Harvey house, you know, they're, um, it's dinner, it's busy. And their most famous item is their steaks. Their steak. And guess what? They're out of steak. 
someone came and took all their steaks. Well, and the, the way they find, or the way that Susan finds out is she ends up waiting on Ned mm-hmm. Trent. Ned Trent. Yeah, not Trent. Ned. They all have the steak, and he's all shitty about it. Yeah, we're like, hmm. She's like, how do you want it? He's like, rare, if you can mm. manage it or whatever. Because he makes some yeah. kind of comment like, good luck getting me my fucking steak. Yeah, they don't exist. And yeah, turns out there's no steaks at the Harvey House. Man, the manager's gone and the steaks are gone. Yeah. So, Judy, as <laughs> My you do, least favorite. Okay. It's, it's both my favorite and my least favorite scene. She leaves Harvey House, grabs a couple of six shooters. She's double fisting it. Is walking across the street and she's competently holding two guns in her hands, walking across the street and inexplicably goes, ah, and drops both of them. <laughs> and then doesn't, and then so suddenly is like an alien, doesn't know how to pick anything up. She, they're flinging around. Like you were holding them just fine a second ago, Judy. And then she manages to get them back into her tiny little hands. And she goes into the Alhambra. She's like, all right. She's like, she walks in to this bustling brothel, casino. Saloon. Saloon. She's like, put him up. (laughs) And of course, no one hears. And then the one guy sees her. And he's like, hey, guys, put him up. (laughs) And he's making a way for her. And And she's walking through 411, you know, two guns in her hands. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, and that whoever that guy is i mean that in the scene you know that character was like look at this little girl this little lady yeah let's just entertain her let's yeah. just you know and so he's What's she making a do? path for her and and whoever that actor i have no idea who that guy was uh, just a just a, a, a random wasn't chill wills no. right no okay I'm like, who is that? Why doesn't he have a, a role? I don't know his he name. <laughs> could have been Goldust I mean, McLean. Could be. He was my favorite guy in that fucking oh. scene. Oh. Huh. John Henry, Ben Carter. I've seen Ben Carter in other things from this time. Yeah. The only black person in this movie who... Yeah, I said Ben Carter. When, but but they, now that I see that, that's oh, who played John. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, that is a. Um, I mean, it, sure, it was the forties, and this takes place in the. And this takes place in the eighteen hundreds, late eighteen, probably eighteen nineties, on the verge of the next century. Yeah, like re- like return <laughs> like return to Oz time. But uh, there's one black guy in this movie. Yeah, and he is out west. There, I mean, if this was the South, it would have been. You'd have seen more. It would, I, I'm it not have, sure. It would have been post-emancipation. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you were getting. At. Well, no, I'm just wondering, like, because a lot of the population was still in the South. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just saying they're out west, which is still new to everyone. So how many? And I and I think we're really out and there. I, think, I don't know. I think for that geographically, I think for that area, seeing any person of color would have been an oddity. Yeah. Other than like the red the... man. <laughs> and I'm guessing there were, I mean, I'm guessing there were a lot more like. Like Mexicans. Mexicans too. and. People probably, do, I mean, like, well, they still do. Lumping I'm together. Surprised, like I'm the surprised Mexicans there were, the... we don't see like Chinese in this movie. 
Because they're out there west. Because they would have been gold, throwing them in... The gold digging. They would have been throwing them in mines with dynamite and shit and making railroads. Which is what they did. <laughs> well, they could only handle one but minority in this movie. They're say, like, let's have They had some... to have one person with some melanin. Let's get Ben Carter. He's famous. Who... I like John Henry, the character. I mean, with his little terrines. Spittoons. Okay. I don't know what they are. Don't you remember cartoons where an old West cartoon where they go, ding, ding? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what those were. Okay. Full of people's spit. And he's fucking I like that. elbow deep in all of them. This sounds so dumb. Lame. But I like that he's... He's treated respectfully. He's treated very respectfully in this movie. Like, he is They're not like, hey, working. boy. You know, they're not, you know. I mean, Judy's like, John Henry. I mean, he gets a he gets a little song and dance number. Tiny. Small. And it's almost. The one overshadow Scarecrow. Fucking Ray Bolger. Yeah, I know. That um, man can float so on So anyway, air. the guns. Let me in. Oh, yeah, Let that's him, right. She goes to the back of I, the. Well, so, uh, she, she confronts the bartender. Yeah, and, and she's like, gonna, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to shoot. And then she shoots him. She fucking shoots. She shoots him. She and, shoots the bottle right out of his and, hands. I couldn't believe I was like, holy shit, she pulled the like, trigger. The guy's like, your stakes are in there. It was funny. Yeah. And then, so then that, so then she goes in and she can't move him because there's a, hundreds of pounds of stakes. Yeah, so then so. Her, her male escort, the, the guy who. Gold Dust Barnaby, whatever the fuck yeah, his name was. <laughs> Aw. He's like, yeah. come on, guys, grab these steaks. I mean, he's helping her. Yeah. And then I like at the end when she's like, thank you for your cooperation. I'm, you know, I'm sorry for the ruckus. And then she shoots a gun off again by accident. And we and get the first chandelier. iteration of, did, did I, I do that? Because she shoots like a chandelier yeah. or something. And she's like, did I do that? <laughs> like that gun. Yep. Um, so that's a fun scene. Um I mean, this I can't go by this wiki plot because it's literally like I'm. She joins a Harvey house and then it burns down. That's basically what I'm like. Oh. Well, yeah, sure. Some shit happens in between. <laughs> um, her and uh, Ned grow closer. She finds him in this little hiding spot. Well, because her is Emzo. Like you're always going off to your valley, and she's Where suspicious you of like what do you got buried out there? She's suspicious of his motivations, I guess. But he just gets like fucking stressed out. And he it's, just goes and he just de-stresses in this little yeah. his his safe space, which is a picturesque. Well, we don't see anything, but I mean, because it's, it's a, a set. back lot, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's somewhere you in, assume it's uh, a picturesque valley in front of them. Yes. I mean, they're in Burbank or wherever. Yeah, they were. Um, well, you know, just outside of L.A. in the desert somewhere. Lancaster. Lancaster. <laughs> no, I don't think it's like. I, I saw where it was. I don't remember. Um, oh, Victorville. Oh, that's even so, worse. Like Culver City, obviously. And Victorville's then even Victorville, worse. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Iverson Movie Ranch in Chatsworth. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Monument Valley. So they went a little bit further. Monument Valley, like the, the creepy game. game. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, they they get closer, and then he realizes that because he, he's been secretly trying to run Harvey House out. Yeah, he's been egging on Judge Preston. He doesn't want the church, right? Because the, fuck his the name Reverend, is. Um, Reverend McGillicuddy or whatever his name is, I don't know. Claggett. Oh yeah, 
Uh, they wanted I don't to build know anybody's a... names. No, I didn't either. Because, like... No, they never... They say them once, and then that's it. I knew, like, Susan and Alma. Even, like, like they don't say Deb that often. Well, I, I knew the, the guy's name was Judge, but I thought he was a judge. Mm. He's not. He's like a Judge Reinhold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it says Judge Sam Purvis. Yeah, I think it's, like, Judge Dredd. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Preston Foster as Judge Dredd. <laughs> I don't think he, he's not an actual. I don't think he's an actual man of law. <laughs> yeah, Purvis. He keeps on. He's the one who's the bad guy. He he tries to pretend that Ned is the bad guy. Hit, telling him in nineteen forties Neil he McDonough. T- he tells you know because Susan and and Deb are out in their little garden one day and Judge comes by. And he's like, yeah, Ned. He's trying to run out the house and. Because yeah, he doesn't Ned, want the Ned he doesn't sends, want a church and Ned sends the judge over to apologize basically, but, but he totally turns it on Ned yeah. and says that Ned wants all this stuff, which we know isn't true. But I mean, he you know what? He's a good actor, Judge. Yeah, yeah, I fucking believed him. I would have believed him. <laughs> and Judy's like, oh shit, because he's like a sweet guy. I mean, he's like, oh may yeah. I? And he plants the seed. Oh yeah, yeah. In in fucking. Dry ass dirt. Like, yeah, it's like powder. Ladies, nothing's gonna grow there. Yeah. Um You're planting sunflowers in sand. Uh um. Uh what happens after that? Sorry, we both seen this movie once and the wiki article's not great. We get multiple so I'm trying to remember. Well, we get multiple confrontations with M and Susan. Yes, and for then, sure. But then we get Deb meeting the piano player. Yes, a lovely scene with her dress. Which with her giant dress with has like three hundred pounds of ruffles underneath. Yeah, and I keep thinking there's strawberries on them, but I think they're just it's just red blotches, maybe. Polka dots? Could be. Look like strawberries. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were. Yeah, and then um there's like a big Well there's a fight. Because because M and all her bitches Attack Susan. This is before the waltz scene. Yeah. Right? Because they heard about a party. Before the waltz scene. The Harvey scene. house was going to have a party. Uh-huh. Um, Because Susan's like... Because where does the waltz take place? At the Harvey house. This isn't the same scene. No. Okay. This is the scene... Because I know they, 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 they bust the party up. They, they crash it. This is the scene where, where Susan tries to get Deb to get back to the Harvey house. And then... Deb and Kenny are under the... And then under like the table. fight breaks out and all the Harvey girls come running over in their aprons and shit. Yeah, and there's and a full on... A full on all, like, all female brawl. Yeah, it's a physical fight. Judy's literally like hitting people with sticks. Well... Well, she tries. She keeps missing because it's funny because she's clumsy. She has she like falls. a five minute wind up to smack some lady on the ass. Yeah. With a baguette. Yeah. It looks like a baguette. Yeah. I mean, there's... There's people falling off pool tables... The yeah. one lady choking the other one on the pool table was fucking hilarious. It was, yeah. And Deb and the piano player fall in love under and the they, table. And they kiss while all this is going on. It's like, oh, well, okay. See where your loyalties lie. Um, so that's... But then that leads to the party at the Harvey house. Why did I have them swapped? I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so they're having... It's like a dance. And the, the hot new dance, the waltz. Where the men get to touch a lady. <laughs> On the waist. Oh, my God. And, of course, you know, our Marjorie Maine 
Miss Cassidy. She's got to teach everyone how to waltz. She in her rap. She's, I don't know. She's the Mrs. McGonagall <laughs> of this scene. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, one, two, three. Okay, so we get some dancing, we get some waltzing, and then we it's get lump- a fucking dance solo by yeah. Ray. Sean's very excited to Bulger. talk about. It's a pretty impressive dance because all the dance. men carry him in. Like now it's showtime, buddy. Is he scared? No. F- no, he's not. He's he knows he's the king of the castle um, when it comes to dancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes into like a fugue state. I mean, and he's sweaty. Yeah, there's a lot of... Halfway through, he is shiny. Yeah. It's great, though. His And the dresses in this scene, just... I mean, the costumes across the board are fucking great. I loved the clothes in this movie. Ray Ray Bolger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would put him up dance-wise against, like, all the Fred Astaire's. Wow. That, you know who the, he, the dude can move, and he's effortless. Yeah, he makes it look like it's, this is fucking nothing. I mean, despite he... Despite the sweat coming off him. And, I mean, like, he... Because he does, like... And he can do, like, the really comical dances. Well, because he's Scarecrow. Where so it like looks like... Physical comedy. He always looks like he's out of control. Yeah, but he's actually very in control. I'm like... And the dude, I mean... There are moments where I'm like, how is he floating? Like, it looks like he was gliding over the floor at times. Where, like, are his feet even touching the ground? Like, I mean, he can imitate, like, a spinning top. You've heard that, like, line about Fred Astaire versus Gene Kelly. What? Like, when Fred Astaire dances, it looks like he's floating. When Gene Kelly dances, it looks like he's digging into the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just thought of that. Because it's a perfect analogy. It's... And then Debbie Reynolds would do all of that, but in heels backwards. Not Debbie Reynolds. Or whoever. Grace Kelly. And not Grace Kelly. Gina, uh, Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers. Oh, is that, G- was that Ginger Rogers' uh, the whole thing? Of, like, yeah. Oh, okay. I did it backwards, but in heels. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, okay. It'd be interesting to see, speaking of Fred Astaire, they're doing a, you know, a biopic about Fred Astaire. Who's going to play Fred Astaire? I know. Timothy Chalamet. No. <laughs> Tom Holland. Oh, oh, I knew that. Oh, yeah, I did know that. Because, I mean, he's already a trained dancer. I've seen dancer. him in the, in the sweater or whatever. He has a sweater? Yeah, there's a sweater. Well, there's a picture of him. Oh, I haven't seen the sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen it, yeah. Sean looks at pictures. I don't. My search history is nothing but Tom Holland dancing. <laughs> Tom Holland and sweaters. <laughs> no. You know, someone's heard. Yeah, I did, I did know that, yeah. That's so that'd be interesting to see because, I mean... I know he's trained and he, you know, ballet, but I mean, you know, the motherfucker can move. Yeah, he's so. Spider Man. Spider Man. Okay, so yeah, the waltz and um, is this where like things but, get ugly though? With the, the well, and then the and then the Alhambra girls crash the party. Yeah, they literally like go like, oh hey, but they have invitations, and they try to get the men to go over back over to the to the Alhambra, and all the men stay. Yeah. Because as the reverend said. What do you say? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, something about how they've chosen to have, instead of a wild time, have a good time. Yes. Like good as in wholesome. You know, there's no moral panic in this movie at all. <laughs> 
You know the Alhambra is so much more fun than the Harvey House. The, but if you want a good cup of coffee, go over to the Harvey House. I mean, and when the Alhambra girls come in, because all the Harvey girls, women, all the Harvey, all yes. the Harvey girls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're all wearing white dresses with colored accents. Like all the Alhambra length. girls they're... are in colored dresses. Yes. Knee I mean, length. And I mean, the length is a big deal. They they all look like can can dancers almost. Can 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 can. Well, they're burlesque, so they're all showing their legs. Unlike the Harvey girls, which are, you know, the floor length dresses. The big difference. So I mean, if you were if you had if you walked in, you had no idea what this movie was about, but you saw those people, and then you saw those people, you'd be like, oh, well, I know who's who. Well, I know the who the, ba- the I know who the bad girls are. I know who the jets are. I know who the sharks are. <laughs> oh, like yeah. it's the pink ladies versus the yeah, versus the versus the Mary Poppinses, <laughs> the Mary Sues. Uh, and what happens after the waltz? Because they leave, and then but then there's like a f- is and then, that when the fight happens between Ned and Judge and Chris Pine. Ned and Judge and Chris Pine and fake. Oh, Ed, I bet and fake Neil Gold Dust McLean. I bet that's Chris Pine. Who plays him? Stephen McNally. Ooh, I don't recognize that name. Yeah, probably. Or Edward Earl as Jed Adams. I don't know who that is. Oh either. boy. And Jack Lambert as Marty Peters. I'm not sure who those three men are. There's a guy in the movie. Yeah, we're saying Chris Pine because there's a dude in the movie who looks like Chris Pine. He looks well. He looks more like Neil McDonough. It's like a combo of Neil McDonough, who's um, we at first, when we when we first saw him, we were like, oh, it's Chris Pine, Matt Damon. Yeah, it's like Chris Pine. <laughs> Matt Damon, and then a little bit of Scary Dave from Desperate Housewives. Um, but I don't know what character that is. I don't know what. Oh yeah, it's Jack Lambert. It's Marty Peters. Marty Peters. Okay, he looked more like a Goldust McLean. But okay, cool. So he's involved with this too. He's he's with he's working with Judge to he's, get rid he's, of the Harvey he's House. Judges like um, a henchman. Complet. Okay, yeah, henchman. Henchman. <laughs> he's henching. He's henching. Um, and he, Ned catches him starting a fire. Well, He's like, well, right? because Ned had just been with Susan in the, in the secret nook of uh-huh. the valley, uh-huh. where I think he, he tells Susan that he's moving the Alhambra to Flagstaff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and she's like, know, oh. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Quick, mm-hmm. and so they sort of have like a breakup almost. Yeah, and they weren't really together, but they're kind of were. They have a not going to happen up. They're like, okay, well, I guess we're not getting married. And he tosses her a flower. He rips off a bush, <laughs> and she rubs it on her face. I was like, what is she? <laughs> and she cries. <laughs> she listening to it? Is it? Why is it on her ear? Okay. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's. It's a flower from from Neverland. <laughs> she mentions Neverland. I Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Not Neverland. Or yeah, Wonderland. Wonderland. Alice in Neverland? That's a completely Oh my god. That'd be awesome. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're just like I want to see Peter Pan in Wonderland. Is that new merch, Alice in Neverland? Fuck. Anyways. What's our merch from this movie? Just I don't know. I have to think of it. <laughs> Did I do that? 
That's <laughs> <laughs> a picture of a... With, with Steve Urkel's face on Judy Garland's body. Wearing a Harvey dress. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, Ned's back in town and he uh-huh. walking by the Alhambra that's probably getting closed up. Mm. And he kind of sees like a flicker of light in the Harvey house. Mm-hmm, goes mm-hmm. to investigate and it turns out it's... It's Chris Pine. Marty Peters, whatever yeah. his fucking name was. Lighting the curtains on Setting fire. Setting everything on fire. And he, and Judge Preston's there and they have a fight. Yep. Big old fight. There's a, a rock'em sock'em, you know, dust there's, up in the Harvey house. Yeah. While there's... And everything is on, burning now. <laughs> everything is on fire. And they're, they're like... They're falling on burning shit. Um, but they don't start on fire. Now, the end of that whole thing, though, Ned and Judge fall out of a window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They fight. Ned knocks out Judge and some men grab him and take him away. Where the fuck is Chris Pine, Matt Damon, man? I don't know. We never see him again. Maybe he's dead. Did there? So there was a guy, like... Is he still in the Harvey as, house? As the two of them are falling out of the window, a guy appeared... From the right hand, from from <laughs> the right s- part of the screen, from camera right, runs across the screen and disappears. Mm. So it looked like he came out of the burning Harvey house and ran away. Yeah, but no one made a big deal out of it, and we never see or hear of him again. Well, you know. They had more pressing matters at the point, which was the fact that the Harvey house burnt down. The whole thing went down. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it looks like, I mean, and in the movie, I mean, it is an actual burning building <laughs> that they've set on fire. There's a lot of, there's a lot of actual shit burning. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fake they, fire. <laughs> yeah, but they did, they burnt a lot of stuff in this scene. Um, because you do see like a, a burning structure that all the actors are standing. There's no OSHA. No, there's. Well, remember the train in the beginning. People are literally standing like two two inches from this well, moving train. Ray I'm Bolger like, got burned by steam. That's how close they were. <laughs> OSHA's like, eh, you don't need dust to form yet. Um, yeah. So the house. I mean, the Harvey house burns down, and then Trent's like, well, you know what, um. Well, we're moving the Alhambra to, to Flagstaff anyways. There's a whole building there for you. Mm-hmm. You can have this. Um, so, yeah, the, the all the dance girls leave mm-hmm. to Flagstaff. Um, Susan, you know, thinking that Trent is also leaving, gets on the train because she's going to follow Which him. Which we don't know until M. Yeah. Did you see that part coming of mm. of Susan being on the train? No. Yeah, me neither. I'm no. like, what the fuck is she I'm like, doing? oh, because she's like, oh, I'm going to be a dancing girl. And Em's like, Because mm-hmm. Em realizes that Susan's Susan old, will do anything for Ned because she's in love yeah. with him. I don't like the fact that this is why she's doing no. it. But that's just, you know, a 21st century mentality. That's I mean, this is, Again, this is the 1940s. And also the 1890s. Um, and she did come to Sandrock because she answered a Tinder ad, so... She offered herself up well, as nothing a wrong with brand, doing that guy as a mail order brand. Nothing guess. wrong with moving across the country for someone you met on on Tinder or internet. It's fine. Or the 
newspaper? I don't even. Where would she even have seen? Well, yeah, Lonely Heart ads. That, that's what those those were I know, in newspapers. I guess those got printed nationally. Yeah, well, she's a war bride. I mean, mail order bride, not a war bride. Okay. I'm like, what war? <laughs> I don't know. Um. So yeah, M is like, well, I know that you're gonna do anything for Trent and. Look, he's not on this train. She's like, well, you got to get off this train. And she pulls the brake. And the the train stops surprisingly quickly. She can pull it. Judy can't because she can't reach. You know she can't reach. And I like when she's like, I'm not getting off this train. And he's like, he's not on this train. He's on that horse. (laughs) Of course, Ned's galloping on a horse. Yep. Inexplicably, he knows where Susan is. Um. So yeah, Susan gets off and runs and falls down. And falls, and he gets up his horse and falls down. Because I guess they're both clumsy. <laughs> I was like, why is everyone falling? And poor Ned, he's all fucked up. He's got oh yeah, because he got burned in the his fire. His hands all bandaged up from breaking his knuckles on Judge Preston's face, and he's burnt and shit. Yeah. He's been charred. <laughs> then they get married in the desert. Yeah, surrounded by all the Harvey girls. I assume by Reverend Claggett. Probably. I mean, who else is going to do it? Ray Bolger. That's why they need a Ray Bolger because he doesn't want to be a blacksmith. Maybe. And and the end. Well, and we find Ray Bolger becomes a blacksmith because the last blacksmith was killed by Chris Pine, Matt Damon. Oh, why didn't I know that? Oma tells him that. Oh, I don't know who she was talking about. I guess. That's why then he gets all freaked out. Yeah, it was understandable. And she's all, oh my god, I'm pregnant. Let's go. Um, uh, so, couple fun facts. Not a whole lot, but, um, so it's filmed, you know, January through June 1945, which was a long, like, production period for the time. Most things weren't, didn't take that long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, I already said Angela Lansbury was only 19 years old, um, and she and an Oscar nominee, and she later uh, uh, remarked amusingly that she actually received hate mail from fans berating her for being mean to Judy. I and you know what? Which is, I never emotionally would tolerate that, but I be- I understand it because she's so mean to Judy. <laughs> I mean, just looking at her, you're like, "Wow, she's but, I mean, like you're trash." That is funny though. Yeah. Um. I already said all these fun facts because I just, yeah. Um, so the the budget for this had a budget. I don't know. Is that a lot for nineteen forty six? Um, two point nine million. That seems pretty high. And how much do you think the box office was? Two point nine. <laughs> no, uh, like five point one, five point two. Good. So it. Doubled almost. Made some money. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 100% rating from 12 critics. I did see that. Yeah. Did you know Ben Carter died in 1946? Really? When this 35 years old. When this movie came out. Yeah. We don't know how? I don't know. Jeez, that's like worse Actually, he than... Was, he was 35. He didn't even make it to 36. It's worse than John Hodiak dying in 1955. 
and Judy died in 1969. Ah. Yeah. That's depressing. I'm wonder how. I'm looking it up right okay. now. Okay. Um we mentioned the taglines last week, but for those who didn't listen to our episode last week, well, go oh, through. he died of diphtheria. Oh, like a, a bacterial infection, disease, like a, like salmonella, yeah. basically. Oh, oh, that's awful. Huh. Okay, we remember. Do you remember the taglines? <laughs> Hear Judy sing the on the Atchison to Topeka and the Santa, Santa Fe. Yeah, and at the time we were like, "What?" And but now we know that it's another just, one was like, "It's blazing, blistering yeah, romance that. in the wide open spaces." And that one actually makes sense to me now. I don't. I like that one better. That I probably like that one the best. And then the Judy one. And then I don't like this one. MGM's musical romance of daring days. No, I know the last one. You know, hear Judy sing. Mm-hmm. On the it's like saying Wizard of Oz hear Judy sing somewhere over the rainbow yeah. or whatever the fuck yeah it's because this song was already really popular yeah. and so people are like so oh you, I know that now you song can hear her, now you can see her sing it yeah oh that got people in the theaters yeah dumb they didn't have much going on back in true the I day mean, mm-hmm. I mean yeah war's been going on so I mean yeah well war's over now so so now you can go see Judy sing I guess um, yeah, I mean, I mean that's Harvey Girls. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it was a, it's still a weird... It's a quick, like, 100 minutes. It felt longer, but... No, not even. It It's a weird topic to make a movie about. It'd be like making a, a movie of the hot dog on a stick girls. Why not? <laughs> I don't... But I don't know. It's I think it's... Because it's, it's based on a book. It'd be like like making a movie of the Hooters girls. There's a book called The Hooters. Which I girls. would watch. But the Hoot no. <laughs> no. No. They'd work at the Alhambra. <laughs> I'd watch that too. The Alhambra uh, girls. Uh no, I think it's an interesting topic and I guess, you know, when this movie came about Judy at the time she wanted to uh, be in the movie that Vincent Minnelli was directing, who was you know her fiance and then husband, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. Yolanda and the pirate or something kind of along those lines, and they convinced her that this would be the bigger hit. I thought you said the llama and the pirate, Yolanda. Yeah, I, I know that now. And they're like, this ro- you'll have a big- a bigger role in Harvey Girls. We think it'd be a bigger hit, and so she did this one, and it was a huge hit. Yolanda wasn't. So she made the right choice. She still married Vincent Minnelli, and then they didn't last. But, you know. I know. This, I know. Movie's, this movie's weird. It. I was very surprised by it. But I also don't know many movies from the 40s. Yeah, it's kind of a, a blank spot for you. I Because I don't like movies from the 40s. I, and I don't know why. Do you not understand them? Maybe. I mean, and... Like, I mean, when they're not musicals, the acting style from the 40s is also very weird. So, like, this one's much more digestible because it's a musical. Sure. 
And I can forgive and you a understand lot of, the format and how I can forgive a lot of weird things. Yeah. You're like, oh, because they're singing in the middle of town. That's fine. But like 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 Jimmy Stewart movies and shit where people are talking way too fast. Like Philadelphia story that we covered. I could, on I this? could not think of that fucking title. Okay. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Other than Jimmy Stewart being hilarious, mm. I did not like that movie. So weird. Because I did, again, I'm like, I'm 85 years old. What are they saying? <laughs> if you're 85 years old, you were around when they made these movies. Come on. I wouldn't have liked it then either. <laughs> I, I, I liked this movie just fine. I laughed my ass off mostly because of... I didn't of, think I was going to laugh this much. But I laughed mostly because of how ridiculous it was, not because I was entertained. I mean, I was entertained, but I'd also be entertained by watching like, you know, fail videos. They aren't good, but I'm laughing at people falling down. But I mean, this was definitely more inter- more more fully entertaining than like a fail video compilation or whatever. But I I, fa- I think I found myself laughing for the wrong reasons. I think like I don't was I supposed to be laughing because of how rid- ridiculous it was? I think so. Really? Is that the filmmaker's intention? I don't. Intentions? I don't I, how would I know? Were they, or were they, or were they like they're gonna laugh because it's truly comedically funny? Not I don't know. Look I at all the weird shadows on people's faces. We don't care. We're making <laughs> movies. There's lots of weird shadows on it, which you words... don't see anymore because people want clean shots of their sure, face. Sure. Get out of my but light. Those shadows were trees. Yeah. At least during that and song. And those tree shadows should have been in the background, not on the mm. people's faces. Well. But uh, Ray Bolger can have the okay. whole movie Sean all loves, to himself. And really, if you're a Judy Garland fan, this was really the first comedic role I'd seen her in. I I haven't seen everything she's done. I'm not like a you Julie. You think Wizard of Oz was hilarious? No. <laughs> if I'm going by Wizard of Oz and... Mimi and St. Louis and A Star is Born, okay? Those are like the three movies I've seen with her. Like, they're serious roles, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to see her in this, it was so so different for oh, me. No. She's unmistakably magical. She's She looks great. I know she's probably like at her skinniest, so things um, weren't great there, health-wise. I did see a lot of criticisms about back then of her size and yeah. appearance. But I mean... Well, she's tiny anyways. Now, I have a question, though. Her speaking voice is very light. I don't want to say girly. It's very light, and it's very... I mean, it, it's lighter and um, sweet. Like, it's higher pitched. Her okay. singing voice is very low compared to her speaking voice. Yeah. Is that a? That's I don't know. Like, How is would that, I know? You know, like because I I don't know singers. Okay, so, I mean, well then I can't help you. Is that for people who sing? Is that like, are they just more comfortable in that range, or is that something that they, they not, try to do? Can they not sing higher? I don't know. Like, does it come out weird? I don't know. That's super curious to me because I mean, like her, like I'm thinking of her voice in Wizard of Oz. When she's yelling for Auntie M, 
Her voice yeah. is very high okay. and not shrill, mm-hmm. which would make me think that she can sing in that pitch too, but she doesn't. Why? Or why not? Why would I know? I'm singing baffles me because I can't do it. Like magic, but I'm enthralled by it. Can't do it. Don't understand it. <laughs> it's like Ray Bolger's dancing. I enjoy it. Can't do it. Can't do it. No. Nope. Don't understand it. How he how he do that? <laughs> Merch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how he do that. How he do that? It's a picture of Ray Bolger's feet. <laughs> just spinning like <laughs> floating, a top. Floating <laughs> over the floor. Oh, that's funny. No, I don't know. and But I don't care because I think Judy is so lovely in this movie. And so is Sid Charisse and Virginia O'Brien is uh, stellar. Is it Virginia O'Brien? Yeah. Okay. She, because she's the tall woman in blue uh-huh. on the train. Yeah. Who looks like she's on stilts. <laughs> yeah. And then when she's Shoeing a horse or whatever. She's amazing. Amazing. And Angela Lansbury's eyes are like, droopy. I wouldn't want to get on the bad side of either one of those women. Angela, yeah, Angela Lansbury, because she looks like she can give you a, a heart-freezing scowl. Yeah. Virginia O'Brien looks like she will punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> she will kick you in the nuts. And she can do it from eight feet away. <laughs> yeah. You want to take a quick break before yeah. we do our rundown? Our wrap-up? Yeah. Or whatever. Take a break. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, we're back. All right. So in all, I I'm glad I own this movie because I will ten out of ten watch again. I'm glad I watched it. That's it. Oh. All right. That's all we need. I I will if I'm glad you're like, God, that was the worst thing ever. No. If if you were watching it and I saw that you were watching it, I would you're like, oh. where's Ray Bolger? You're like, is he coming up? I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, but look, she's showing, she's teaching him how to waitress. She's rapping. I'm like, I don't care. Look at the camera angles. Don't like it. <laughs> look at Judy's dress. Because I'm like, that, that whole how to be a Harvey girl scene looked like a fucking horror movie. <laughs> You could cut this movie and make it change the music, and suddenly it's like a yeah. John Carpenter movie. Put like The Shining or something music oh in God. there, or, yeah, or some fucking Halloween or some shit. Hmm. Alrighty, well, put some Wes Craven. <gasps> Wes Craven's the Harvey Girls. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> That's, That's merch. our merch. <laughs> it's like in horror movie writing, it's, like it's like some like nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street font. <laughs> Yeah. Wes Craven's the Harvey Girls. Okay. 
Should we yes, please. pick for next week? We did all the numbers and shit, right? Yeah. I don't know. What oh, yeah, you said 100% and yeah, 2 million, 100% 5 million. Rotten Tomatoes. And I, I'm adding my tomato in there. Put your tomato in there. Tomatoes in there. Get All right, tomato. 158. And I brought Google over because yeah, fuck, I hate Siri like so much. Hey, Google, pick a number from 1 to 158. Here's a random number, 55. Come on, Ryan. Reynolds. That's pretty close to uh, last week. Heat. Okay. Hercules. I think, I don't think you've seen this. Fuck. <laughs> then that means that I don't like it. No. Because I would have seen it. It's one it. of those weird things like you just never watched it. It's the third movie in a trilogy. That's the Spinal Tap. Oh. It's the third movie in a trilogy. Rocky Horror Picture Show, the third. I hate you. <laughs> um. <laughs> Spider-Man the three. <laughs> <laughs> Came on 2014. Um, Lion King three and a half. Oh my god! The Naked Gun three and three thirds. I love how you're saying movies that we, well, a don't exist, and b if they did exist, we wouldn't have. Back to the Beach two. (laughs) (laughs) Beacher backer. (laughs) Two, Two two back two beach. Next week, we are going back to Middle Earth. We're watching oh, one of the, Hobbits? the Hobbit Battle of I've the never Five Armies. I don't know how this movie ends. No, you, I don't think you have. I watched it once. I don't even know if I've seen the full second. We watched it. In theaters? We've covered the second one on this show. I don't remember it. Oh, because... They oh. go to Lake Town. Oh, because then the dragon wakes up and leaves yes. the mountain, right? Yeah. And that's how it ends, pretty much, right? With it flying over the town or something? Yes. Or, or towards the I town? Think so. I, think so. I think so. I think so. I think so. I think so. So, okay. yeah. Battle of the Five Armies. Never fucking seen it. Um, I th- I've seen it once. Don't even think I like it. That's my, I'm going into that okay. negative. Okay. And I love The Hobbit. Okay. The book. Sure. All of Middle Earth. The Battle of the Five Armies in the book is. Two one pages, right? page, oh, two same, pages, yeah. yeah. Is it one leaf? Is it one two leaf. pages? Um, the Battle of Five Armies in this movie is about three and a half hours long. So, yeah, but also again, Shrek is eleven pages or yeah. six leaves, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's three movies. Yeah, go in with low expectations. Um, it's still, you know. A Peter Jackson like well, Hobbit I mean, movie, I, so. I know that I'm going to enjoy watching it because it is Peter Jackson, the magic of Weta and Richard Taylor, sure, and all yeah. that, and you know, I mean, it's just heavy spectacle. I think heavy on the Richard Armitage in this movie. I think it's, I like Richard Armitage. Yeah, Sir Guy, Sir Guy, from that Robin Hood show. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Robin Hood, BBC. Um, so yeah, next week 
It's our final Hobbit movie. Uh, Frankie, it's yeah. not bedtime yet. Why are you up here? Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Why Do We Own This DVD, Twitter, uh, until Elon Musk buys it at Why Do We Own This One. Even after R- Elon Richard Richard Musk wow. buys it, <laughs> after Elon Armitage buys oh it, oh my god, we'll still be on Twitter. Um, I'm not, but okay. Well, I mean, I'm not either, but I mean. The show will be. Okay. Um, thanks, as always, to Brushy One String for our theme song. You can find Brushy at BrushyOneString.com. And thanks to Marlene LePage for our artwork. Uh, Frankie, you want to say goodnight? Wow. That was a good one, Frankie. Okay. okay. Alrighty, you're going to end with the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. I mean, probably. That doesn't go like that, I don't think. That's the catchiest. Is it, though? And however you want. End with some tap dancing. Okay. Does Ray Bulger have a song? He sings a little bit in the Blacksmith Shop. A teeny bit, but... Then he passes out. He has a thinking spell. Okay, bye. Back in Ohio, where I come from, I've done a lot of dreaming and I've traveled some. Are you not entertained?